Welcome to IBMI DevOps Tech Talk, where we discuss key topics and questions with Arcade experts. Today's topic is automation. Hi everyone, my name is Ray Bernardi. I'm with Arcad Software. I've been here for 16 years. I've been in the application lifecycle management space for, God, I think over 30 years now at this point in time. And I've got a couple of experts here with me today. I've got Jeff Tickner. Jeff, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hi, I'm Jeff Tickner. I've been working in uh, change management for over 25 years myself with a couple different companies. And uh, I do implementation. So I've been kind of the hands-on um, implement and train on the development processes we set up. Thanks, Jeff. Also joining us today is Alan Ashley. Alan, why don't you say hello and tell us why you're here? Well, I am here as kind of the DevOps representative, the one that uh, begins the show and tell part of this after a long career over at Big Blue. And you're more into the testing area and things like that, are you not? Testing and anonymization and things like that, yes. Ah, cool. All right. Well, today's discussion is going to be on automation, basically. So why don't we get started? Jeff, why should I automate? So uh, in my uh, long experience of change management, I've been doing automation every step of the way. In the old days, the promotion process was where we automated. It was scripted or used exit points or what have you. Um, and with RCAD and using these new tools like Jenkins and setting up pipelines, I see uh, benefits and the opportunity to automate more because automation just makes your process more efficient and it makes it more consistent. So you don't skip over some steps in the process because you can, you always hit all of your marks there. And you're trying to reduce manual effort. You know, life is tedious enough as it is, if I can automate those tedious parts, then it's easier, right? Yeah, for sure. And would you say in automation by you remove the human error? Yes, consistency and removing human error as much as possible because everybody has a bad day where they're tired and they missed key something and something else happens and they're surprised, right? In the steps in the process. So what are the benefits of automating? One of the things you get out of it is consistency and what surprises people, they think they're going to get efficiency and things will go faster. And that's true. Hmm. But you actually get uh, improved quality because things don't get skipped. You have a consistent process. And hopefully one of the, the nets is fewer bugs because you're consistently doing unit testing, other testing, and so on. But really, the goal is to reduce manual effort so you have more time for coding. Coding can't be automated, but everything else around it really can. You know, Jeff, I always think of it as let let automation do the stuff so that you can actually do your job. Right. And, and the interesting thing is um, you probably have some automation tools at your company and that are that are in use so you can take advantage of those tools and there's not a lot of uh, of overhead potentially, and so you get quick ROI. Um, people don't think that the IBMI is open to automation tools, but I've learned working with Arcad, it, it really is. All these tools can be adapted. There's many ways you can take advantage of the tools that you're already using at your company, 
and using those existing tools gives you the best return on investment. So there's no way that IBMI is an out-of-date platform then? Oh, no, no. The the perception is that, or the, the mindset is out-of-date, but IBMI, it's... It, you can install Jenkins on IBMI. It's a very open platform, supports open source, um, and it's it's easy to integrate. It's like RCAD. RCAD is also a very uh, open and integrated uh, set of tools for that same reason. Yeah. So, you know, so, everybody has strengths, and one of those strengths is openness. So where, where would I get started with automation? So uh, the best place to start is look at your your current process. And my experience is working with new customers. People may not even have a change management package, but they always have a development process that they're following. And so we want to look at that development process and say, where is the high level of manual effort? So it's not coding, unfortunately, or fortunately. Um, you can't automate coding. Um, but you can automate everything around that process and give yourself more time for coding. So you want to see what's the tedious task I'm doing right now. Is it managing the, the dependencies? Is it the unit testing? Um, and so what we call this a task that is tedious and takes a long time is, is called a bottleneck. And that term comes from value stream mapping. That's an industry term a buzzword, but it actually makes sense. Hmm. You look at your process, that's your essential value stream, and you're seeing where the big uh, investment in time is, and then seeing how you can make that more efficient, and the answer is automation. Hmm. But the, the important thing is not to get caught up in the automation you also want to get the low-hanging fruit. So I might identify the slowest task, but it might be the hardest to automate. Hmm. So again, back to the tools I'm already using, what are the guys on other platforms doing? You know, What tools do I already have? What expertise do I have in-house? And how can I adapt that to my tasks on the IBMI side? So we're basically so, identifying repetitive tasks and figuring out where the time is going. Yes, that's exactly. Really, okay. Well, right with that, the time and the money, yeah. because that's when you get into the value stream mapping and you're, you start tying into some ROI down the road. Well, this also right. opens up an opportunity to review your process, doesn't it? Yes, it's a great time to look at your process and um, maybe look at uh, compliance requirements that are, you know, everybody has to deal with some level of compliance. Some folks, some of our customers have a very high level of compliance requirements and they might be spending a lot of time that on that, those are compliance requirements, even the developer to meet those. And they're not, have no anything to do with development. They're just part of the business requirements. That's a great place to look at. How can I bring those officially into the process and in turn make them consistent and as less work as possible. So, I mean, it almost sounded like you're talking about doing this like one step at a time here. You don't have to automate everything all at once. You can start with something small or. Yes, yes, that's, that's a, a really good point. Um, you can automate a single step in the process. Um, and, and, you know, 
Alan used the term DevOps, which is, you know, it, it, it is an, an accurate uh, assessment of where we should be going. Um, but people often think if I say DevOps, it means I'm going to rip my whole process out and replace the whole thing with something new and exotic. And that's really not required. It'd be nice to have that as a goal to get to because there's a lot of benefits, uh -huh. but it's not a requirement to start automating. So you're saying that you don't even have to be using source control to do this. That's a good point, uh, Ray. No, you don't. Um, source control definitely makes it easier to automate, but it requires a significant investment in time and training to do it well. So I have had some customers that have adopted source control just because, and they essentially are using it because somebody told them they had to, but I've had customers also that use it effectively and as a jumping off point. But I won't lie, adopting source control is not something that's low-hanging fruit. Mm. No, it's <laughs> it not, definitely yeah. A target for you in the future. So, I mean, you keep saying incremental, incremental. And so, it's, you, I mean, can you automate your entire process, though? You can. Uh, it just is a high level of investment and effort, and you might not see the ROI to the end. And so often um, when we're talking with new customers and what their goal is, um, when we say, when they say, we'd like to automate the whole thing, and we tell them what the level of uh, input required is going to be, they lose interest. And so certainly you can, and it's a, a, an admirable goal, but because of the openness of these tools and how easily they integrate, you know, via CLIs, you know, Arcad has CLIs, a command line interface yeah. for all of its tools. So it doesn't have to have a dedicated plugin like we do have them for Jenkins, but if I'm going to use Bamboo for a pipeline tool to automate my entire process, we don't have a plugin for that. So we're going to use a CLI. It's all possible, but I can stitch it together a piece at a time and I can demonstrate the value of doing, of automating that piece. But I can have a, a long-term goal of automating the entire process. If I want to automate the entire process, I do want to get to source control because source control provides two values. It's the visibility because I'm tracking my source changes the line level, but it's also another very open tool that integrates very tightly with other tools. Project management uh, from the first requirement of the change to the deployment. So you're basically I, identifying all the tasks around the coding and figuring yes. out what you can automate. Yes, exactly. And, and not just because I'll, I'll say generally you can automate all of those tasks except for coding. Okay. But where is the logical place to start? What is the slowest task? What are the tools I'm already using that I can adapt to my IBM I development process? You know, um, if I just say I have to do it all, I'll never get there. So, so go but after I, things like code quality, unit testing. Yes, absolutely. Um, those are uh, a tedious things. And, and I, one thing I didn't mention, uh, with Git, code quality, the peer review process, it has a, a, a much better interface for peer review 
than what you'd be using without Git. And it can be automated further because like Arquette has a tool called Code Checker that automates completely that peer review. But mm -hmm. that can be an incremental step. And Jeff, as you said earlier, with uh, some of the automation and taking out the human error, when you start getting into code quality and QA testing, you can automate, when you automate those, you take out that human error or being from a system admin, you never let developers test their own code because they know where the faults are. Automation doesn't know where the faults are in your code when it goes through the code quality or the unit testing or the QA testing. So it can help find more of those bugs and shift further left. Correct me if and I'm it, wrong, but I mean, it sounds to me like all this stuff can be orchestrated with other platforms and your deployment process. And Yes, yes. That's another benefit of automation is synchronization. Um, most IBMI customers are supporting a more uh, a GUI interface of some kind, mm -hmm. web-based or client-server or something, and that's often developed on another platform. That's where those tools often are already in use. And it gives me an opportunity to synchronize with them because I should be testing my interface and my backend together, right? And when a change impacts both, they should be tested together. And this gives me the opportunity of synchronizing that. Um, the other thing I want to mention is uh, one of the, 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 the things I see uh, my customers do is they, they skip over the steps on a simple change. I'm changing a CL. Uh, what could go wrong? Hmm. And I don't bother unit testing or regression testing or code review. And it turns out that CL calls a bunch of stuff or, you know, is called by a bunch of stuff. It actually is fairly important. And so a bug can be magnified um, because of the interrelatedness of our business applications. So, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but it also sounds like what you're saying is, is I could actually automate fairly quickly. Yes, you know, that's the, the thing, you know, the mindset is I have to adopt SCM, I have to do all this, I have to have a pipeline, and you don't have to, uh, you can, again, going back to identifying the bottleneck, the slowest part of the process, and then looking at your current tools. So, for example, uh, you could say my unit testing or my QA testing is the slowest part of my process. I can look at my current promotion process. Does it have an exit point or is it script-based? And I can go and automate that testing phase so what happens consistently and quickly, I just have to look at the results. I don't have to do the actual testing. And there's Arquette as tools. There's other open source tools on the IBMI platform for this kind of testing. Uh, so you have a, a lot of opportunity there and you haven't, you know, gone to the big tools like Jenkins, but you're positioning yourself to do that later. So you're basically so, attacking a problem area with tools like Arcad's iUnit, CodeChecker, or Verifier, and going right. after that and taking these standalone tools and they're going to become part of your automated process. Yes, yes. You're, you're positioning yourself and you're seeing a quick return on investment um, so that you can uh, justify this effort to the, uh, the corporate structure and say, this is a worthwhile use of my time and I should continue. And now maybe you can say, I can justify 
automating the whole process, adopting SCM, because I've already seen the benefits of incremental automation. So, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a little bit of work, so there better be some return on investment. I mean, or else nobody's going to do this. So exactly what is the ROI here? The ROI is going to depend on uh, the your process and where you're spending time. And that's why I say an incremental start where I can demonstrate the ROI on a specific part, you know, the low-hanging fruit with a least amount. Certainly, I can adopt SEM and automate my whole process completely, but it's a big upfront investment mm. in time and money. And you're gonna it's gonna be a while before you can demonstrate ROI specifically at your organization. Um, we do have some information about ROI that's available for some of these uh, processes for automating them, um, but uh, it's gonna vary from organization to organization. So this is where a individual tool adopting, you know, oh, I can do SCM, I can get Git and I can do uh, my cool peer review with a pull request, or I can get code checker and just completely automate it and uh, in a uh, either a standalone or even in a, a manual trigger and have that history and set myself up for that automation there. Yeah. Um, even when you have a tool, people often want eyeballs on it yeah. and review it. Now, you mentioned compliance earlier in this talk. So, I mean, that seems to me like it would be a good point to go after for immediate ROI. Yeah, so things that you have no control over, everybody has some level of compliance requirements, and some of our customers have really incredible compliance requirements. And that gives you a return on investment both in the development process, when you're checking all the boxes and dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, but what's harder to identify but is significant is the ROI when it's audit time. So I've worked with our customers when they have auditors in the shop, when they need reports and to demonstrate things. And every auditor seems to be different in what makes them happy. Hmm. But when you tell them it's automated and it's a consistent process, they look at one cycle, one object, one change, and say, if you can say it's automated, it's consistent, they normally will leave you alone. So it sounds like there's significant ROI in this process. So you keep mentioning tools and tools. You keep saying tools. What kind of tools are out there to orchestrate? Boy, there are so many tools out there. Um, on the screen, you'll see that the periodic table of tools. There are just many, many tools. Um, I always say start with the tools that are in your shop. But I think we could spend a whole other session just talking about the tools and the integration between the IBMI, the native development process, and those tools. So, Alan, to you, do all these tools actually work on IBM I? Well, when you start looking at it, many of these are open source, and they were developed open source, so they don't speak IBM I. And this is where our CAD and our expertise for doing this for so long comes in. We kind of translate what's happening between these open source tools like GitHub and Bamboo and Jenkins and the IBM I. And we also have some standalone tools that fit into this pipeline, as we mentioned before, like CodeChecker, iUnit, and Verifier to help orchestrate the entire pipeline. 
Well, I learned a lot. Let me go ahead and summarize a little bit here. I guess the first thing you should do to get started is to identify the worst parts of your process, all the way from coding to deployment to production, and then automate those portions. Go after that. Find the bottlenecks. Use value stream mapping to help you do that. That's going to help you ID your pain points. It's going to help you figure out which tools you need. It's going to figure out how you can automate now and use that automation in the future as well. Automation won't be the same for everyone. Figure out what's right for you. The idea, though, is to be more consistent in your process. Thanks for listening. For more information, please visit our website at www.arcadsoftware.com.